Blog Talk Radio. Good evening. 
and they say, well, they want something for crack my teeth both that go right to this year thing coming up in the next two days called Juneteenth. And what time it must have been daddy when that children yeti for freedom. But great God, look how long it takes for them no bottom. Two and a half years after we've done yet of this year thing, after we've done shelf with this year thing, after all of this year time, right, up on this year coastline, we've done know all this year. And it takes all of this year time for this year thing, for get your honor in the house, and then in chillin', then the shout. So I know, see, it been one great getting up morning for them chillin' that day, too. Well, you know one thing. Plenty of time now in Charleston, South Kakalaki, in Jacksonville, Florida, and all of these your city areas of Atlanta, Georgia, where they and they go to get your nation. You have these your children get together every June and start up all these your group what get wrong and sit in the celebrate June team. Now, I leave while we've been on strive for understand what in the celebrating for. Because this other thing ain't had nothing for doing we We've been to celebrate two and a half years, four and chillin' for get the muscles say before anything like that. So we will celebrate them for. But any time they get African people together for celebrate freedom and who he be ain't against that all. You understand? And so plenty of people just to get together dry long. So now, but we want hundred children for understand the importance of why this shit thing been going on. Now hundred and yet me to crack my teeth before, but Sherman Special Field Order Number Fifteen. Well, I ain't been the only field order. That I ain't been the only order. We've been a going on while the Civil War in the United States been a going on back in yonder, 151, 152 years ago, and thing like that. Now, there be other as a thing called general order and thing like that. So the seeding, we are crack weed teeth, but this is general order number three. And just so that I can ensure that all my listeners around the world truly overstand the importance of why we are going into this story about Juneteenth during our Black Music Month celebration and Great Outdoors celebration because both of those things are being celebrated in the United States and the Gullah Geechee Nation for the month of June, Black Music Month and Great Outdoors Month. This is also the Caribbean American Heritage Celebration Month. And so during this month, in fact, during this week, here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, we have Carry Fest that's going to be happening. So let me just tell you a little bit about that, and then I'm going to bring you into this series of celebrations and this time frame that is taking place. But because this is Caribbean American Heritage Month, I just want you all to know that Thursday at 5.30 p.m. until 9 at the Avery Research Center, which is a sister center to the sponsors of this program, which is the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, there will be a meet and greet with the Trinidad and Tobago ambassadors to the United States. And so the Trinidad and Tobago Consulate General will also be there. And Avery is at 125 Bull Street in Charleston. It is right down the block and across the street from the home of Denmark Vesey, who was a true freedom fighter. And you all have heard of Denmark Vesey or Denmark Vesey on this program numerous times before. And so it's critical that if you haven't heard those broadcasts, go back into our archive, like I mentioned a while ago, even concerning the Cumberhe Raid and the other Black Music Month celebration episodes. Go back in the archive and listen to those and share those with your friends and family to truly understand these connections we're making here tonight. 
Now, on Friday, June 21st, this week, at 7 o'clock at the Marriott Hotel on Lockwood Drive in Charleston will be the Masquerade Fest. Today is the last day to get tickets for that, and you can go to Charleston Carry Fest 2K13.eventbrite.com to purchase tickets for any and all of these events. And on Saturday is Carnival, Saturday the 22nd. The Carnival Parade starts at 3 o'clock. At Ann and King Street, they'll go down King to Sumter and into Brittlebank Park. And the festival in the park is from 2 to 8.30 p.m. on this coming Saturday. And then from 10 to 2 in the morning at 787 Bar and Grill will be the Carry Fest White After Party. And then on Sunday, they're having carriage rides and so forth through the historic city of Charleston for you to learn more about the Caribbean connections here within the Gullah Geechee Nation, especially through the architecture and the legacy of our story in Charlestown, which, of course, is now Charleston, South Carolina. Well, this is a critical space and place because those who are regular listeners to the broadcast, you know, and those who watch Gullah Geechee TV Nation News, and if you don't watch it, you can go to TV. All right, you can go to www.gullahgeechee.tv or you can go to Facebook and find Gullah Geechee TV there and watch previous broadcasts. Well, you all know that on January 1st of this year, we commemorated and celebrated the original reading of the United States Emancipation Proclamation because it was first read on Port Royal Island in the town of Port Royal, South Carolina, here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, on the island of Port Royal, and then read on St. Helena Island, South Carolina, in the same county, both of those in Buford County, South Carolina. And celebrations were held in both Buford County, South Carolina, and Charleston County, South Carolina, on that day that we call Emancipation Day. To this day, 150 years later, we still have annual Emancipation Day celebrations, especially in Charleston. It's in Monk's Corner. There are many churches now that sponsor those, and many of the churches throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation on watch night will read the Emancipation Proclamation aloud in Beaufort County, South Carolina. Well, you will say, well, all right, why is she going back to Emancipation Day and she was talking about Black Music Month? Well, just like I started the show with Great Getting Up Morning being sung by Paul Robeson, but Great Getting Up Morning being a spiritual that we've always sung here in the Gullah Geechee Nation in these types of services, I am sure somebody knew it was Great Getting Up Morning for that Emancipation Proclamation reading. But then, just like the word had to travel westward, just like our ancestors who are now called Black Seminole, Afro Seminole. All right, when you hear those terms, those are actual Gullah Geechis that also migrated westward. When they migrated westward, they often took with them these songs, these ability to praise and shout. And so with the abilities to praise and shout and to sing and bring out these things, they took with them their songs, but those songs got altered and many times anglicized when they went westward. Well, just like things altered and took time to do so, well, the information gets changed. Therefore, the meaning of the information gets changed, even if it ever gets to the point where it's expected to get to. Juneteenth is one of those situations. 
Because many people will wonder, what is the big deal with African Americans and this thing they call Juneteenth each June? And because many do not do true historical presentations during their events, people really think it's just a black picnic day or a day for us to just listen to music, maybe because it's Black Music Month. Well, no. That's why tonight we wanted to focus on Juneteenth Jubilee. That is through song, but that is through our story. Juneteenth, which is celebrated on June the 19th, is an emancipation day for people of African descent in Texas. All right? In 1865, 1865, now not 1863, in 1865, Union Major General Gordon Granger read to the people in Galveston General Order Number 3. Now, here in South Carolina and throughout the Gullah Geechee Nation, from Charleston or the abandoned rice fields southward to Ferndina, which is our southernmost point of the Gullah Geechee Nation, just about from Jacksonville to Jacksonville we go, from North Carolina to Florida. But that field order encompassed from Charleston all the abandoned rice fields southward to Ferndina, all right, Ferndina Beach, Amelia Island, American Beach, and Florida, that area, and 30 miles inland to the St. John's River. Well, that was special field order number 15, William Tecumseh Sherman, who was a Union general, had read here and encompassed our region. Well, this is another United States general during the U.S. Civil War that was still going on even after the Emancipation Proclamation was read. That is why you still have these general orders, these field orders, that if you are a historian or you're starting to try to research black history, our story, and trying to connect all these dots and what's all this big deal about the Emancipation Proclamation being out in the National Museum this year and all these things, and if you see that people are jumping up and down, having major celebrations this year around Juneteenth, even in places you're not used to hearing about, like Hilton Head, I'm going to be on Hilton Head this coming Wednesday evening at 4 o'clock at a place called Rose Fish and Cornbread. Yeah, that's a real restaurant here in the Gullah Geechee Nation called Rose Fish and Cornbread on Hilton Head at 4 o'clock. We're going to be having the Juneteenth celebration there. Well, you would say, well, what's going on with that? Well, we had freedom way before they did, but then we had more of our people, just like they migrated west, some who migrated westward before, their folks have migrated back toward the east, back into the southeast. When they did that, they brought this celebration that was originally something that started up in Galveston, Texas. They brought it here. And interestingly enough, Galveston, Texas, which I have visited and gotten to meet some of the people there, Galveston, Texas is a place that is an island also in Texas. And I remember when I first heard of it and wanted to truly go there and see what it was like, and I didn't get a chance to go there before a major hurricane had knocked their bridge out at one point. But when I did finally go, it was a blessing because I got to go there with the Gullah Geechee Fishing Association members. And so we got to meet other black folk, others of our folk that are out there that continue this tradition. Well, I'm sure they are descendants of those who were there from 1865 when Union Major General Gordon Granger stepped up and read and said, the people of Texas are informed that in accordance with a proclamation from the executive of the United States, all slaves are free. 
This involves an absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. And the connection heretofore existing between them becomes that between employer and hired labor. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. They are informed that they will not be allowed to collect at military posts and that they will not be supported in idleness either there or elsewhere. Now let's listen to that now. All right, let's listen to that closely. This is General Order Number 3, read at Galveston, Texas, June 19, 1865. Now, the executive of the U.S., the president, the executive branch, they're now emancipating anybody who had been in bondage in that area. This is two years, two and a half years after the Emancipation Proclamation dealt with our region, which is the Gullah Geechee Nation. So now, Gullah Geechis who had been out there in Texas, who were now being called Seminole, Black Seminole, Afro Seminole, they recognized that now they got freedom. Some of them who had been in Mexico now started coming back across the border into Texas once the word got there by horseback. Many of you see the broadcast for tonight, you see that I have a bunch of our folks that look like black cowboys to you. That is why those are our people who were out in Texas when all this was going on. Uh, some of us will say we're going down. Okay? So now, it says this involves an absolute equality. Absolute equality of personal rights and rights of property between former masters and slaves. I know some of y'all are probably laughing, even saying we still don't have absolute equality in the United States, especially not for people's personal rights and those rights are being eaten away every day right now, and rights of property. Hence, when we talk about property here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, we are more often not referring to actually real estate, our actual land. More often not, that's the first thing you hear us talk about when they say, somebody better leave my property alone. We're talking about land, all right? And when you look at writing your will, if you have a mobile home, that's not listed as real estate. Real estate is only if it's a stick built, as they call it, house that's attached to the ground, attached to your land. That's real estate. Everything else is personal property. Look at even how your taxes come to you every year for your car, your boat, your mobile home, and your know, trailer, in other words. Any of those things, those things are personal property. But here they're saying your personal rights and your rights of property. Who Who is this referring to? Former masters and slaves. So the previously enslaved people who are now emancipated because of this order and the people who had been enslaved and them need to all hear clearly that they now have equality. Equality in terms of human equality, the human rights that we're still fighting for, for our people around the world as leaders of the Gullah Geechee Nation, and they have a right to property. No longer are you to call these individuals property. They themselves have a right to property, and that the people formerly enslaved them needed to recognize that. And the connection here to for existing between them becomes that of employer and hired labor. So in other words, you're no longer enslaving these black people. You now are employing them. They are now to be hired labor, which means you are to pay them. Well, that's where a lot of us will come in and say, well, this is why this term exists, especially in communities of people of color, and I know in particular in the black community, where people say, yeah, I'm working by the work of a slave wages, meaning the most minimal of money 
was then what people were being paid, even at that point where they said hired labor, and some of y'all were saying at the point today when you talk about minimum wage and not being raised in the United States. You don't have a living wage. You have what's called the minimum wage, meaning if the person could work you without paying you at all, they really would. But this is the lowest they're allowed by law to pay you, all right? So, again, this employer and hired labor leveling was now supposed to exist, supposed to. Notice keywords I'm using. The freedmen are advised to remain quietly at their present homes and work for wages. In other words, you ain't got to move out. You ain't got to go nowhere. You supposed to stay right where you've been at on whatever plantation it was or whatever and then get paid these new wages now instead of just being work for nothing because they also did not allow you to come to the military post and figure they was going to support you at the military post. Many Gullah Geechees who are called the Black Seminoles live in a town called Brackettville, Texas. Many of them are right across the road from a place which was Fort Clark, Texas. They have a burial ground right there. And so the issue became that they never got what they were supposed to get, and the reason their families collected around the military post was because the men actually enlisted to become what are called the Seminole Indians, Indian Scouts or the Seminole Scouts because they ended up working on the side of the United States to scout other folks, all right? And they would ride around on horseback and do that, and their families and so on would be around the military post living there, getting rations for a period of time. Then they wanted to stop this because they saw this was happening all over the place, very much like William Tecumseh Sherman having tens of thousands of people of African descent following him. And many of you all know Sherman's March, and it was even on the History Channel again just two days ago, and probably because Juneteenth was coming up how Sherman went through the South burning down plantations and fields of food and all this kind of thing um, on his march from Georgia to the coast. So he then issued special field order 15 that covered all of our ancestors in this region, and they were then to have land, all right, issued to them in 40-acre plots. They were to then get some military rations, which were that mule y'all often refer to, but those were decommissioned goods. That's what the mules were part of. So it wasn't just about a mule. It was about having other things, clouds and tools and work items and, and things like that that had been decommissioned that the military people weren't going to use anymore, but that then the civilians could have. Y'all know what that government chief said. Y'all know we're getting stuff in the military that's decommissioned. Anyhow, so now. Here we go. They didn't want them to collect around the military post, and guess what they said? They will not be supported in idleness, either there or elsewhere. Idleness, sitting around doing nothing. I remember when we were coming up, they always told you, the idle mind of the devil workshop. And God only knows what's going on with the devil and people's body right now and how people are being imps, all right, for negative energy. But here it is. Idleness. When people are idle, then they're open vessels to whatever energy comes in. When people are focused on purpose, they are totally different than folks that are idle. And some are focused but on negative purpose. So if you focus on godly purpose, it clears the way of idleness. All right? So now, these folks are letting you know, you ain't going to sit around so this was a law. This was a general order, all right? From June 19th, a year later, folks started up a celebration. 
So a year after this, in 1866, people started having Juneteenth celebrations, all right? And this is when folks celebrated the same way those who are from St. Helena Island, for instance, you all know at the corner, which is on the National Register of Historic Places called the Green. That's where the Fourth of July celebration would go on. Well, the Juneteenth was the same kind of thing in Texas, starting from 1866 and going on through. They said they used to have prayer service. They'd have speakers with inspirational messages. They'd read the Emancipation Proclamation. They'd have people who had formerly been enslaved would talk or people would share stories about them. They'd have food, which they still got. They'd have red soda water. We ain't going to talk about that. Y'all know about that. Cherry cola. All right, we ain't going to talk about that. And red soda water, games. They'd have rodeos, they'd have dances and all that. And many people who are in Texas now and in that area that we call the Deep South, they'll tell you, yeah, we still do that. Well, this started to spread the word and spread around all through the Gulf Coast. So in Louisiana and Arkansas, Oklahoma, they started celebrating. Then as the years continued on and the folks from Texas started migrating in both directions, east and west, Celebrations started picking up in Alabama and Florida, California. And so you have this celebration now going all over the United States, all right? So in many parts of Texas, people who had been previously enslaved bought grounds for these celebrations, and they even call them emancipation grounds. So there's an emancipation park in Houston, Texas, where there's also a Queen Quet Day celebrated in Houston, Texas. In 1872, these folks got together, and they got that park. There's six years of celebrating, and they bought land back to property, real estate. They bought a place for them to have for themselves to celebrate it. And here it is. We had to argue, threaten, go to the U.S. federal government with information against Buford County, South Carolina, just to get the park that they had already given money to um, to be built on Defusky Island, where Defusky Day was just being celebrated. All right? So here it is. Uh, this park, many of us fought for, for them to have over there. But look at this. Emancipation Park was purchased by people of African descent. They weren't waiting for a county government or state government or anybody to come up with the money out of their tax money. They paid them. They took their money and they bought land for a place of celebration. So just like in Brackenville, Texas, they have their own park where Seminole Days happens every September. All right? Now, there's a Booker T. Washington Park in Mixia, and there's an Emancipation Park also in East Austin, Texas. So they have several grounds that are still there that people are still using for various celebrations. But this is the root of it. And it wasn't until World War II came around, the celebration started dying down a bit, like a lot of things. But then in 1950, the Texas State Fairgrounds in Dallas, Texas, started celebrating it and put more light on it again. And then people started, you know, starting to do a little bit with it again. But then still in the 50s and the 60s, which, of course, you know, people fighting for freedom again, all right, because we are now even commemorating here in South Carolina, I know, the 50th anniversary since the desegregation of schools and the whole civil rights movement and the great achievements of the civil rights movement in terms of reaching its mission, which was desegregation. Now, overall, whether the civil rights movement was a benefit to people or not, I lead you all to a book 
um, that I am one of the people who has a speech in, which uh, we also have at GullahGeechee.biz, which talks about from civil rights to human rights to self-determination. And you could then comment on or read about various things in there to feed, to take note of or respond to whether or not you feel like the civil rights movement in the U.S. was a great success or not. But the whole point is we know that it took place, and for what its mission was, which was desegregation, that was accomplished. And so now the outgrowth of that was the loss of a lot of things for a lot of people, which has folks fighting to return to their roots, return to their culture, and not just celebrate with a lot of, you know, barbecuing and eating as much as you know any revolution or any emancipation. We're going to have some drums and some music going to be up in there playing now. All right? So otherwise, you know, we do a disservice to our ancestors and shouting going on. But you have to look at why this was happening. So then it wasn't until after the civil rights era, kind of going into the disco era, the 1970s, Juneteenth started getting revived in some communities. And, again, we're not entering that era of what people call the black power movement. You know, and just last week we had the Free Angela film that Will Smith is one of the people who actually sponsored that film, who put up the money, produced the film about Angela Davis. Well, you start moving into that era where there were some people like Angela Davis who was actually a socialist, but there was also people who were part of the Black Panther Party and others who were out here fighting for equal rights. The same thing that was supposedly said was going to happen, at least for the folks in Texas, through this general order number three. So here it is. You're talking about 100 years after this general order that people still have to fight for their rights. So you had these movements continuing to go on. So it makes sense that in the 1970s, the Juneteenth was revived as sort of a rallying event for people to come back around and then start to do things there. And so in 1976, House Bill number 1016 was passed in the 66th legislature regular session in Texas to name June 19th Emancipation Day in Texas, all right? And it was going to take effect as of 1980. So since 1980, Juneteenth is actually Emancipation Day in Texas, where January 1st is Emancipation Day here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. So that people have parades and picnic and dancing and all that stuff still going on. And at the better celebrations, people indicate, read, have reenactments. They have things that go on. So that people understand that this wasn't about a party for partying's sake, but that it all was connected back to this executive order, this general order, number three and how General Granger's regiment came into Galveston, Texas, and then to tell them that this war was ending and their slave was now free, all right? This war is over with, so now you all going about your business. you all supposed to have equality with the other folks, all right? Now, I know some of you all from the beginning of me talking about that and those who already knew Juneteenth's story before even tuning in tonight were wondering about this two-and-a-half-year delay. Why is it 1863, January 1st, 1863 here, June 19th, 1865 out there in Texas? Well, there's several different stories that have passed down through oral history. 
there was one that said the messenger who was bringing the message to Texas was killed on his way there. So that was that was one thing. Then another one was that was a lie. They, it wasn't that. Oh, they did kill him, but they killed him because the people that was the enslavers had to kill him because they wanted to keep their labor force on the plantation. They definitely couldn't let them know what was going on here in the Gullah Geechee Nation and that them folks over there on the coast over there in the Carolinas and Georgia and all that down in Florida, all that, that they around there shouting about they free and them Negroes people is free. We can't have our folks out here knowing that. All right? Remember, Texas at one point was a republic. So now, they didn't want the folks knowing that. That's another thing. So people say, well, that was the reason they killed the messenger. You always say, well, don't kill the messenger. That's what people said happened in this case. They killed the messenger. Then they also said that the federal troops were part of the whole scheme, that they waited to tell um, the and the the ones who were enslaving the people, so that they could reap one last cotton harvest before going to Texas to enforce the Emancipation Proclamation. And so any and all of these three actually have some level of understandable and believable truth to them. Like if they say, you know, beyond a reasonable doubt, I have no doubt that all three of these things were part and parcel to this two-and-a-half-year delay on this message because if... We are fighting this war, and we know that we're financing this war through the harvesting of cotton. And I've written about this in my book, Cotton, Rice, and Indigo, From We Sold to the Soil. And, again, at GullahGeechee.biz that I mentioned earlier, you can find that book there, or you can get it from me at this week's Juneteenth celebration as well on Hilton Head. But when you look at the dynamics of what was going on when the U.S. Civil War began, the cotton season and the cotton harvest was major in terms of the connections between the Gullah Geechee Nation and Europe. And the fact that this cotton, as long as it could be harvested, was still being sold even while the quote-unquote war of brother against brother was happening. So therefore, it was financing the war. So it makes every bit of sense that the Union troops and all of them would go ahead and kind of don't rush we need to go and get this money in. We still need to have more armaments, and we need these other things done. So let's at least get through the cotton harvest time. Let's keep the people who we have talked into working for us on IOU or the ones who are finally paying some money. They're working and harvesting this cotton. They're bringing it in, and we're getting it out to England, and we're getting this money we need. So let us do that first. Then let's send somebody to carry the message out west. Because, look, y'all, you wasn't driving no cars then. People were going by horseback and all of this across country. So now as this messenger is riding out there, whether he's riding on just a horse with a saddle or he's actually in a cart with things with him, you got to stop along the way. Look, driving from our coast to Texas right now can take you quite a bit of time. So imagine going on a horse. You got to rest, the horse got to rest, all right? So now, once folks ask you along the way, if you stop town to town to sleep overnight or anything to eat or anything, you talking about what's going on, and folks realize what message you're bringing across the South as you go, and they are some of the people who are benefiting from the enslaved that's out there harvesting not only cotton but sugar cane, they ain't trying to hear you. They don't want their folks who are enslaved to get this message. 
So they got to do something. So now if you also get killed, you got two parties here that benefit from the death of the messenger. All right? So it's not unclear to me why all these stories exist. All of us know we have these grapevine stories that are around. But to maintain the labor force, you'd have to keep the message away from the people that they were already free, especially if you're going to tell them they now have equal rights and that you got to start paying them and you don't want to pay them. So this is part of this consistent dumbing down in America. If you keep information away from the masses about what their true freedoms are, they cannot rise up to fight for them, so they will stay in bondage. That has not changed. That methodology is still used to this day. That is why even with the Gullah Geechee Nation, we have this new set of folks coming along that are now commissioned to turn everything about Gullah Geechee into a form of entertainment. So the same way I'm saying that Juneteenth celebrations are watered down into being just for entertainment without you learning the true story, without you hearing this general order number three or anything that keeps your mind stayed on freedom, as our song says. Woke up this morning with my mind. Stayed on freedom. All right? So in order to keep your mind stayed on freedom, you have to keep that focus that I mentioned earlier, that deliberate focus, not turn for idleness, and then not be hateful, vengeful, and undermining either to try to usurp freedom from others because you think someone can pay you to be free as long as you keep everybody else in bondage, that you would then help people to kill the messenger because you think if they kill the messenger, the message will die. Well, as evidenced here, not true. Even if this messenger had been killed, even if this messenger was delayed by this cotton harvest, the message of freedom still got to Texas. The same way the message of the Gullah Geechee Nation and our right to self-determination has gotten around the world and is still getting around the world. Fortunately, I think many of you listening tonight, because some listen to this to spy to know what we talk about. The other ones listen because you want to share the true information and the true knowledge with others around the world about who we be down young and that we know that we be anointed and we be free. And so I'm very pleased that this information is out here, that there is still a galvanizing point for people of African descent throughout the South in particular, but even up North. People have Juneteenth celebrations. There are Juneteenth sites like Juneteenth.com where there's history and where there's national celebrations listed up there. And so they even have the artwork of a man that we knew and that came here and supported even the Historic Penn Center through his writings and that another group gave me a signed copy of his book because they were the interfaith pilgrimage of the Middle Passage and they used Tom Feeling's book, God Bless the Dead, The Middle Passage, which is a pictorial, um, as they went around the world bringing the story of this pilgrimage and what had actually happened to people because of transatlantic slave trade. And they had come together into faith to repent for a lot of things that are still outgrowth and to also pay homage for those who had suffered and endured. And they went backwards through the migratory patterns of many of our people. So they came from north in Massachusetts, came down this east coast, ended up here in the Gullah Geechee Nation, eventually went to the Caribbean and then into Africa, reversing the path of the Middle Passage and doing tributes and spiritual things along the way. And so that interfaith pilgrimage group, which later brought about the inspiration for the first episode of This Far by Faith, the African-American religious experience, which then turned into really a series they inspired. Um, 
they gave me the Middle Passage autograph from several of them, and Tom Feelings was someone who had done work here, and I had met him uh, when he first was coming out with that, and then he passed away. But even on Juneteenth.com's website, they have the Juneteenth commemorative stamp that is out there. They have a campaign going to get a Juneteenth commemorative stamp, and they also have the Middle Passage book up there if you've never seen it. But if you're interested in knowing of Juneteenth events where you are that you can go to, go to Juneteenth.com and check it out. If you are in the Gullah Geechee Nation, Charleston has a Juneteenth committee. There's a number of things going on. There's Carrie Fest you can still support, although it's not a Juneteenth-specific event. And then if you are coming to the Beaufort County area, this week, as I mentioned a little while ago, I will be at a place called Roast Fish and Cornbread, which is 70 Marsh Land, is all one word, road, on Hilton Head Island. Yes, that's part of the Gullah Geechee Nation in South Carolina. No, it's not gated. All right, this is Brother Chef David has a place called Roast Fish and Cornbread, and there's going to be myself there. I'm going to be doing book signing, CD signing, educating people on our story, and they will also have reggae music and, of course, some roast fish and some cornbread. <laughs> they will have food. So it starts at 4 o'clock, ends at 10. I'm not staying all the way till 10, so I advise you be there early. Uh, because I'll probably be there from 4 to about 7, maybe 8, um, but I will not be there until 10 o'clock. So don't say, oh, I heard it on radio and I thought Queen Quetta would be here and you show up 9.30, 9.55, talking about I want to get a book of CD. I'll be gone already. I don't stay on Hilton Head usually after dark for spiritual reasons. There's a lot of energy still there because the exploitation that is going on and continues to go on on that island. So when I go, I'm not usually there too often at night. I've been there at night, but I don't make it a habit. So I will be there starting at 4 o'clock. If I'm gone by 8 or before 8, you best be there. Don't be late. I advise you get there early if you plan to see me. All right? So Rose Fishing Cornbread, 70 Marshland Road, Hilton Head Island this week. And then that's Wednesday, um, the 19th of June, and then on the 20th of June at 6 o'clock. All right, Walter Burrow, South Kakalaki. I came back for Sea Hunter Chillin' for the summer reading program, and we're going to celebrate Black Music Month. And some of these tie in with some of these, you think, to Juneteenth, too. Okay? But definitely it's going to be a journey through music for Black Music Month this year for the summer reading program. And so we're going to talk about lining the hymns and all kinds of things and take you on a little journey through our story. And so definitely join me, 6 o'clock. Walter Burrow, we are going to be at the Colleton Memorial Library. Once again, the Colleton County Memorial Library, back again with Sister Sheila and the summer reading program. And, you know, every few years I come in the evening so the grown folk can see me. All the rest of the years, last about three years, I've been coming during the daytime for a little churn. But I come in the evening so the grown folk and a little churn get a chance to be with me so the grown folks ain't got to see y'all dirty. Y'all know we be at work and y'all had clean y'all earlier in the day and things like that. They all dirty. So this time y'all know y'all come on out. Join me and things like that. It's been some years since I've been in the evening. Looking forward to celebrating with the family in Walterboro. Then on Friday, for the first time ever in my story, in our story, I'm coming to Newberry, South Carolina, and I'm going to present at the Newberry Library at 3 p.m. on Friday coming. So the 19th, you can meet me on Hilton Head. Then on the 20th, meet me in Walterboro. And then on the 21st, you can meet me right there at the Newberry County Library. And then on the 22nd, 
go ahead on to Charleston and enjoy the celebration there with Carrie Fest, and you will have your weekend filled with activities. And that's for those who are not going to the Fusky um, on the Fusky Day, because the Fusky Day will be going on. And if you're that kind of person, you could probably even make the Fusky Day and Carrie Fest, for that matter, or make the Fusky Day and at least make the after party up in Charleston for Carrie Fest. If on the like of me, you can do this your thing. Cause you can ride the road now. It ain't take much for change. Cool, take that shower and change up in now the rest of the day and go right on to the next one. And that's when we really truly talk about support. Because, again, when we start talking about real estate, real property, or even having personal property, these things are not obtained by lip service. These things are obtained economically. They're obtained spiritually. They're maintained spiritually and economically. And so if we don't keep our spirits boosted by knowing who we are and celebrating who we are and coming together, sometimes your spirit can go low and it may get too low where we can't revive you. So we want you to come out to these types of activities and be uplifted and be amongst your people and celebrate and learn our story and teach it to the children. Don't let the children home and things like that unless you're going to the after party for Carrie Fest. Don't let the children home. Let them know who you be right now and things like that. So that they'll know what these celebrations are about in the future and we don't have to have them drop off and then when it's 150 years after something or 50 years after something, you start reviving them again. Oh, it's the 200th year. Let's do it. Oh, it's the 250th year. Let's do it. Because we've already reached 150 years of celebrating emancipation. But we need to emancipate our minds and our souls at this point. So we need not just be having these events just to have them. Okay, we need to have them so that we can truly educate ourselves and unite ourselves, and especially economically, so that businesses like Rose Fish and Cornbread will always continue to exist, that we have some people that can hire others in the community, so that we have places like our sponsors, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition. We have been trying to raise $3,000 online for a year and a half. That shouldn't have happened. Because organizations that I'm with that I sit on other boards of, you would have one member or one supporter write a check for $3,000. Just, oh, that's what we need, $3,000, and they write a check and give it. But our community tends to overlook it and feels like everything comes for nothing. I don't know what world that is in because our teachers even taught us there's no such thing as a free lunch. Trust me, if you was on a free lunch program, somebody paid for it. And so, again, we talk about paying taxes for land, paying taxes as you buy food in the store like I did today. That money is coming out of somebody's pocket and is going in somebody else's because being used to keep up these towns and these cities and the things that others want to place there. We have to keep up what's in our nation that we want there, our institutions, our places of education. So helping to support activities like what we're doing is critical. It's crucial. So every book, every CD, every DVD that someone buys, postcard, flag that they buy from the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition or the Gullah Geechee Agent Network, that money goes right back not only to getting more of those products so we have them at the next event, the next event, but right back into having this radio broadcast, having the television show, having the Facebook page, having the Twitter page, having the buildings that we have to archive. We have the only archive in the world totally dedicated to Gullah Geechee history, heritage, and culture within it. That's where we have materials about Juneteenth and these other activities. We have the Emancipation Proclamation in there. We have the Universal Declaration of Human Rights in there for community members to see it as printed documents or to read it or come and do research and share information with the next generation. So these are critical 
institutions in our own community that we have to learn to support. And sometimes it takes us getting to these celebrations to educate the community that this is what exists because people feel like if they don't just see castles and they don't just see some big thing with red carpets like what you see when you go over to England, that they're, you know, it's not anything to invest in. There's always something to invest in, and the greatest investments you can ever make is within your own people and within them overstanding their own culture and their traditions and knowing that they should take pride in their communities. And so definitely I'm going to be out there celebrating Juneteenth. I'm proud to be celebrating Juneteenth in my own county this year. I've celebrated several places, other places in the country before, and I've celebrated in Charleston before. But I'm proud to be able to be in my own county and have my own brother contact me, brother and sister contact me from Rose Fish and Cornbread and say we'd be honored if Queen Quentin and Go Gigi Coalition will come and be part of our Juneteenth and bring materials out to help educate the people. And so they don't want it to just be about eating their food and listen to reggae music, but that's a true celebration that people really get understanding. So I appreciate them. I salute them, and I definitely salute the summer reading programs where we're going to encourage our youth to take our books about Juneteenth from the library, take our books about musical artists that have written about their lives from the library because this is Black Music Month, so that you learn more about it. Take out books about the spirituals and the history of the spirituals, or at least go online and listen to the previous broadcast about it, but also go to our blog at GullahGeecheeNation.com, and you will see that I've even written about the stories of the spirituals, and so that this way people would have that so that they can share it with others as well. And so even here in the Gullah Geechee Nation right now, it is raining. There's some storms that are coming through. And so it's a blessing to even be able to connect with everyone who's able to make it tonight, like Angel Orhan and Ashley. I appreciate you and Angel. Uh, Ashley just asked in the chat room, Queen Gwine, be everywhere. Any? Yeah, for truth. I try and for be everywhere to God to bless me for Gwine. And so that we can crack, we teeth with her and the chilling with Dale Chona. And we know we have somebody 504 that's been on the call line for most of the broadcast. Um, but we are opening up the telephone line right now to others who may want to actually ask a question, give a comment. You might be here in the Gullah Geechee Nation. I know Jacksonville has a Juneteenth celebration. You might have some others coming up that you want to tell us about it. The call-in number is 347-324-3903, 347 324 504, I'm knocking on your door. 504, I'm knocking on your door. How honey to do this evening? Okay, great. I'm just uh, enjoying uh, your program. I also have a uh, blog talk program called New Orleans Wake Up, and uh, I'm Brother Warren. Uh, what I wanted to ask you was, uh, if one such as myself wanted to take a, a extensive tour of the low-coast country of South Carolina, is there a particular group of African-American tour uh, specialists that you could recommend? And the second question, as I'll depart and listen, is here in New Orleans, though, I'm, I'm like you regarding the uh, event in Hilton Head. You know, I, I don't feel comfortable here in my city around a lot of our cultural events here because it seems as if other people have taken over the marketing and the scholarship of it. And I don't feel the spirit of the ancestors when I sometimes attempt to go to these events that many of our people are the originators of. 
So uh, is it any tour uh, persons you can recommend? Activity. And second, yes, and yes. Second question. And I'll listen. I'll listen, sister. Yes, sir. I appreciate you, Brother Warren. I'm so glad that you tuned in. And please hail up the family down yonder in Louisiana for we. And thing like that. I sure appreciate you. And definitely uh, for Brother Warren and for all the other listeners, um, he has brought up some critical information right now. Number one, the question he asked, many folks ask us, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition, which hosts this program, we originated the tours that were Gullah Geechee oriented throughout this coastline. So we still offer those tours, and we also do customized itineraries for anyone coming to the Gullah Geechee Nation coastline, whether that is just the South Carolina coast that he's interested in or anywhere from Jacksonville, North Carolina, to Jacksonville, Florida. So just email us at G-U-L-L-G-E-E-C-O at AOL.com. That's Co at AmericaOnline.com. That's what the AOL stands for. So go geeko at AOL.com, and we will get you connected. Make sure that when you send out that email, give us an idea of when it is that you want to come, where exactly do you want to start off and where you want to end, how many days it is, and how many people are in the group that's traveling. Because if it's an individual, it will be different than if it's a group. And one of the things is that we have networked a number of people who are Gullah Geechee tour operators, not just general African-American tour operators, but actual Gullah Geechee native tour operators that start you off all the way from the coastline of North Carolina up near Atlantic Beach, which is the Myrtle Beach area, bring you right on down through Georgetown, South Carolina. You'd pick up with another operator that would pick you up in Charleston, South Carolina, show you areas there. Then you get to Beaufort County, the Gullah Geechee Sea Island Coalition ourselves does it if it's for a group of seven or more. If it's less than that, then we would give you to other folks like Rev's Tours uh, that we know are natives that are going to give you the truth and our story, not just, quote, unquote, black folks who are hired by other companies to take you on tour. And we're definitely not sending you to other companies that we know are telling you, are leaving us out the story altogether. That's not happening. And so we have those. And then if people are heading into Georgia, we'd send them on Day Clean Journeys tours and Reverend Lodge tour um, that would take up all of the coast of Georgia. And then in Florida, we also have the Gullah Geechee Cultural Heritage Committee of Northeast Florida that does the tours there. Um, actually, American Tours in North Carolina is a Gullah Geechee-owned tour company. Um, so... It's really interesting that the brother mentioned as well that when he goes to a lot of the events, what has happened is that he feels that these events have now been taken over by people who are not of African descent, um, who are not honoring their ancestors, and they've taken over the marketing of these events. And that has happened, and I'm going to tell you how that happens. Many times... Our organizations that start off as grassroots organizations for Juneteenth celebrations and even different Gullah Geechee cultural celebrations start off with the mom and pop, the local folks right there, putting it together with whatever they had and just coming out for us all to get together. Then as it got bigger and bigger and bigger and somebody figured, oh, well, they're gathering, you know, a few thousand people every year. Let's offer them some money. People would start coming in with corporate dollars and offering money because they wanted to now market to your crowd. 
So once they give you money a couple of times, then the string is attached to the money. They start pulling back and saying, well, we can't have you have this person, like like with me. There's a, an event that happens in Mount Pleasant that I was the first person to present for that event for a few years in a row. Now people keep asking me why I'm not at that event. Well, that's part of it. The government got involved with it and also the sponsors that got involved with it. The people there became intimidated because they did not want me to come and talk about the whole story of Gullah Geechee's in that area, and about the destruction that's going on displacing them now. Okay, so they don't want someone to come and be vocal. They don't want libation ceremonies because those are spiritual ceremonies, as the brother mentioned about the ancestors. They're afraid of that because once the spiritual energy there, the power is there. And so then they'll say, well, we don't want this person to present or that person to present, or, uh, you know, they do present. Let's not have libations and let's not have this and let's not have that. And then before long, you'll find that even the whole vendor area changes or it's minimized and what's presented is watered down. So definitely I have witnessed the same thing that Brother Warren has said because I travel around the country and around the world at these events. I've been doing this type of work for over 33 years, and I've done this and found that we've taken conferences and events even to other parts of the world. And we see the difference when it's grassroots and it's people of African descent versus when it's groups of people that are black folk but have gotten money from outside, especially if the government gets involved. And so one event that I can guarantee you, you will not have that issue, Brother Warren, and I hope that you will attend um, because it is done by and for Gullah Geechee folks, is our Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival. And so it is done by the people, for the people, people who work with us in our sustainability think tank and others will take our ads and other things like that, but they do not then dictate what the festival should be because it's a celebration of our story. And you can find information on it at G-U-L-L-A-H-G-E-E-C-H-E-E dot I-N-F-O. So info. So if you want to come down, that's the first weekend in August for the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival. I mean, come across, because you're coming from Louisiana. If you want to come over, you will definitely find the spirituality, the connection, the legacy, the ancestors, and the people. Because we got it. Because this year for all of we and things like that. And so we do have an Eventbrite link up there. You can purchase tickets in advance. We have VIP tickets. And folks can also purchase ads and things, even as family salutes already. So if you go to info, you click the ticket link. Or if you're on Facebook, you can find the Gullah Geechee Nation International Music and Movement Festival event uh, on it by itself and at the Gullah Geechee Nation Facebook fan page. So I'm so thankful for Brother Warren's call to night. Always good to hear from my folks out in Louisiana, and always to hear, good to hear from a new caller, because we have a lot of folks coming to the chat room sometimes, they don't call in. Always good to see you here, Ashley, Angel, on hand. Appreciate you all hanging in the chat room tonight. I know many of my Gullah Geechee Nation listeners might not have been on the phone lines or on the because it is raining and there's a storm coming through, but it's definitely a blessing to have been here tonight with you. And I thank all of y'all that listen and you download this from iTunes for free every week because we have hundreds of thousands of listens now, and we are fortunate and we appreciate you tuning in. And so we've got many more things we're going on this year month, but especially this year, the Juneteenth, and we're so glad that Hunter Chiller to celebrate with we just as we be. And you know this year the Queen Clips 
pads on the body of the Gullah Geechee Nation. So glad that Hunter children to tune in one more again to We Gullah Geechee Rhythm Radio Station. And we pray say Hunter to celebrate Black Music Month and freedom this year, Juneteenth. See, Hunter children, hope to see you upon Trench Island and Hunter children to call Hilton Head and things like that this week. Elise and Walter Borough are ready us up the road in Newberry. We going to have a time celebrating freedom this year, Juneteenth. Peace and blessings, family. Enjoy the month of music.